look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifiers. Initiated startup sequence. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Bishop O'Connell Roundtable podcast here in our English department. Today, Mr. Meehan with you as always, and I'm super pumped to have a team of teachers here from our English department to talk about what sounds like a very dry topic, but we get kind of excited about it, uh, text annotation strategies, ways that you can make books come to life in your own study habits um, to start the new year off on the right foot. Um, so before we get into the nitty-gritty of the, 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 the nerdy stuff, I guess I should introduce you to some of these great people here in our department um, who are here with me today. To my left, uh, Mrs. Mary Lou Wenzel. Ms. Wenzel, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back at O'Connell. It is a, a new school year. You have freshman honors and you have the public speaking class again this year? Correct. And um, from the moment these new students walk in the door, text annotations is something that you preach uh, very early. You were joking about, before we went on air, about the, the uh, there's a character from the summer reading books that has a photographic memory. Correct. Can you talk about that? In The Chosen, Danny has a photographic memory, and not only that, he's, he is remarkable in that he even teaches himself German. So, but I said, how many of you are like Danny? Photographic memory. Remember everything that you've seen. Right. And no hands went up. And I said, then good, you'll all have to take notes. Probably a good idea to take some notes. Excellent. Yeah, I don't remember what I had for dinner two days ago, so it's, it's a good idea to write some stuff down. Um, and joining us, to, to speaking of new and, and New Year stuff, um, a new addition to our Connell faculty uh, this year. Let me get this right. Mrs. Colleen Swain, you join us from Cincinnati. Did I get that right? It's, it's, a, it's sort of a longer... Yeah, so like the Ohio River Valley area. Got it. So I worked in the Diocese of Covington, and I lived in Cincinnati. And it's just kind of like driving from Maryland to Virginia, okay, which so I do now. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, you live out in uh, Germantown or thereabouts, yeah? Ish. Ish. And actually, coming back to this area, because you, like me, went to Catholic University of America. High five for that. Go Cardinals. <laughs> um, and we learned from uh, great professors there that text annotation is like, it's a really good idea. It's not just for like a high school strategy. Um, is that... Am I yeah, no, and, and actually... It's a classical method that has been around forever, but um, I think it's really important because, like Mortimer Adler says, he's a great classicist. Um, you should have a like a relationship with your with your text, and if your book looks like a new book that you got from the bookstore or something from the library, kind of shows that you're not giving your book and your subject matter the kind of love that it deserves. You should be able to open up to any of your books and. Um, see the patterns of thought yeah. you were going through as you were reading. Um, notice relationships, correlations. Um, you should be having an argument with your books. Yeah. You should be pointing out logical fallacies, asking questions, maybe exclamation points and parts where you're really excited. So the the whole drama of human life should kind of be present in your books. Well, so. I, you know, and I, I get a rep around here for being like the digital guy, right? I love podcasts, I love Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at MeHandDJO. I'll say it again at the end of the podcast. I always do. Um, I love MyDJO, our new blog, and all that stuff. That's, that's fantastic. But I, I, I require my students to have printed versions of each of the primary texts that we read in class. Mm -hmm. um, because there's a, there's, a, there's a tremendous fundamental like paradigm shift type difference when you're just reading to consume information and you're scrolling with your thumb. And I, that's a great way to like, you know, catch up on a lot of news very quickly. Yeah. Um, but the depth and quality of, of good 
uh, annotated text. And it wasn't actually until I, I got to Catholic U, and then again with my time here at O'Connell, that I've, I've seen the value of like a slow, deliberate, process-oriented read, where you really are, um, you know, almost making your own little hieroglyphics there on the side to kind of walk yourself through it. Just once so you're nodding your head. I think both of you have stated something. You have to make it a personal thing. In mm -hmm. my annotation, is not going to be the same as either of yours right. or anybody else's. That you come up with a technique that works for yours. I mean, I have always put NB, note bene, on something that really is like, mm -hmm. yes, I know the author's right. trying to right, right, really right. make this point. Stars and other things that I like this, or even Corny Heart of How Sweet. Right, all right. Whatever, yeah. what you need to, and definitely, as you mentioned, big question mark like, what does this mean? Yeah. This was right over my head. It certainly you can question. I love the question mark part of, you know, I'm not sure this is really what I thought what it was going to be, yeah. or do I really understand this? I might have to ask the teacher and have a discussion in class about where are we going with this point, and what was he trying to do? Well, Illusions. Right, mm -hmm. right. Oh. Or, or when you when you have that cool moment with that aha that what was said earlier in the book comes back later in the book, like that you write on that page, ooh, they said this on page, so like mm -hmm. next time you go back to it, you can flip on like a concordance or something like that. Um, I think you mentioned the idea of, of strategies, and everyone has their own kind of methodology. Um, you know, I use hashtags because that's that's how I, my brain works. Like Twitter, I follow certain trends throughout, and if I see that topic come up again, I'll have that come up again. Um, I'll draw pictures because I'm a visual learner. Um, if I say I joke in the book or a funny line that I laugh at, I actually write ha 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 and I underline it because it's something that I want to talk about with a teacher. Um, I know this sounds overwhelming to students to say that there's 80 different methods uh, to approach, and and ultimately, if there are so many methods, then there is no method. So I think right. it's important maybe we can kind of give some general ideas of what what is like annotation? What, is it, what does mm -hmm. it mean to have an annotated text? You know, it can mean different things. I noticed as I was walking around my classroom today, some students use color coding, um, and that's really great. You'll have different pens. I mean, I'm kind of a stickler for my class. I always want the traditional blue or black when really? you're turning in assignments. Yeah. Oh, turning in assignments. Yeah, turning in assignments. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah. that. But, but it's my book. I can, I can write it with No, red. on your book, I'm, I'm all about the gel pens, right. everything. And, you know, actually in those last couple pages of any book, typically they're blank. And those are great places to create a key. Mm -hmm. So, you know, try to stay consistent and create symbols. And also your teacher doesn't have to understand your notes. Nope. Um, especially, you know, depending in all types of classes, sometimes we become a little too stringent on ourselves. And um, I'm all about nice handwriting, but you don't even have, the, have to have the nicest handwriting in your annotations. They really just need to be your tool. So, So some yeah. sort of methodology, some sort of mm -hmm. approach to, uh, to making sense of a complicated book. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be color coding, it could be symbol coding, it could be like with, with some glyphs that you have a code in the back that this means that. Um, my wife is a big fan of like um, using uh, post-it notes at the end mm -hmm. of a chapter with like some additional thoughts that'll summarize what went on in that chapter. Yep, that's um, great. And it's, it's funny because like, as English teachers, while nodding our head, like, of course, I do that. As a teacher, I do that. Because um, it's, it's sort of my, my cheat sheet, my, my, my cliff notes, uh, so to speak. Um, Ms. Wenzel, do you find that there's some pushback from students because it feels like it's, it's more work for work's sake? I think part of it is some of them come from a school where the book was provided for them and they're not allowed to, oh, okay. to mark yeah. the book. And there's a very big hesitancy about, oh, if I mark this book, I'm going to be in trouble. Right. You know? Or some of them even think if I go to sell it, it'll never sell. Right. Because and that's certainly not true. In fact, I 
love looking at other people's annotations. And it's like getting a, like oh, a, like we, a secret we, note, we, right? We thought that same thing, or we found this interesting, or... I fought with people who, who I got a second book from, like a, a secondhand book. <laughs> After they made a note, I'll cross it out like, I disagree. They're never going to read that note. Right. But it, it, it gets me fired up to see almost like a, a love letter or like an old note from a friend that I'm reading back through, and it's like, oh, here's what I thought the first time I read it through. Um, I teach some books here, I get the same book every couple of years. And every year I'll pick a different colored pen when I go through it. So every time I walk through it, I can kind of trace how my thinking looked on a different read-through. Um, Analogy is a really important thing, too. So making connections between not just how you feel about the book, but also, like, what can I bring to this book in terms of what I've been reading, yeah. what I've been learning in other classes. Or what you so listen cross to connection. or see on TV. I mean, like... Yeah. It's like, it's okay it. to talk about algebra in English class yeah. or religion class or, you know, make connections between your classes because that really shows a certain higher level of thinking. Analogies. It, so. also, it also gives you that same sort of, like, you know, your own cliff notes that only your brain would understand when you go back to it. I remember actually a Catholic, uh, it was my Brit Lit 101 class, and I was having something described to me. I was like, oh, that sounds like a Billy Joel song. I'm dating myself here a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but I just wrote... Billy Joel, name of the song there. So when I went back to study the poem, I was like, I got it. This is that same one as uh, whatever the you know the song was. Um, do you have a like a, a work a thing that works for you, Ms. Wenzel? Well, one of the things that I was taught in high school that I found very helpful. Most students, when they're reading any of these books, cannot do it in one sitting. Yeah. And as a result, they'll read a chapter. They'll read two chapters, three chapters. And then they come back and they can't remember anything about the characters. Mm -hmm. So I've always, my teacher used to say, start with a three by five and start putting the character down. And then behind it, put something that helped you remember who that character yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then two days later, a week later, when I come back to it, I kind of look at the characters' names and what I put down, which you may look at and say, what, what right, does right. that mean? And then there's a consistency, just like the end of the chapters, doing those yeah. notes. Well, I think like, like if you're reading a, a drama, like a play will start out with a cast of characters, mm -hmm. and it'll say like person's name and their role, like you know the father, the mm -hmm. mother, this the you know the servant, the friend, um, and that seems sort of you know reductivist, like to to be just so simple in description. But if it's three days and you walk away from a book, or you're reading it over, it's a longer book, 300 pages. It, you can lose track of those things. So I think that cast of characters, maybe even like in that opening cover, that's mm -hmm. a really helpful oh, yeah. um, first first tip. And actually, so uh, Swain, we met we met this summer uh, mm -hmm. briefly before you started here. Um, and uh, you have a, a, a teaching Pinterest account, which I geek out about. I'm very excited about. I love lists. Um, lists I keep li a list journal. A, okay. a, a list of lists? Yeah. So I have a journal. Every week, I make another mega list. So We have so much to talk about yeah. after we have the podcast. <laughs> I actually read a, a, a book last, last year called The Checklist Manifesto, and I love it. It's about how to make checklists. This is a story for another time. Um, <laughs> but, but on your, on your uh, teaching Pinterest board, um, you had uh, noted a whole bunch of, of things that you found of interest mm -hmm. on the internet, and one of them was the use of washi tape, mm -hmm. um, which, if you guys haven't seen it or used it, it's just like colorful tape that you buy a color you like, and it's... It's for scrapbooking and things like that. And that's it. Um, wow, I went to town washi taping that every one of my chapters now has like, because when you get like the Bible or like the dictionary, it has the little the little grooves on the mm -hmm. side of the book. Now for like a quick look at a book, I can be like, oh, that's my red chapter, my blue chapter. And it doesn't make sense to anybody else. I'm sure they wouldn't want my book. But suddenly I'm like really happy to have that book. Um, and this summer I, I actually read the first four Harry Potter books. That was fun. Never did that before. Um, and then I was also reading my summer reading, and I'm vacillating between two very different texts. And people say, how can you keep track of so many different books? And the answer is, like, it's like watching TV shows. You can mm -hmm. watch a series on Monday that you don't watch on Tuesday. 
And because you're familiar with those characters that they come to life, those, those annotation strategies really do help kind of three-dimensionalize the experience. Um, or they have for me, at least. Oh, for sure. Um, so let me ask, I guess, maybe a, a bring-it-together question. For a student who doesn't know how to start, um, right. what, is a, what is a methodology that they can use when they, they approach text annotations? Um, a way that they can kind of say, hey, that all sounds great, but look, I, I read this on my phone, I read it on the bus, I don't really have too much time to spend on the reading. Um, first of all, the why is it will, help, it will help your grade immensely. Yeah. Spending a little bit more time in an active read will, will boost your retention, boost your critical reading abilities, and certainly serve you well for, for standardized tests, for applications to colleges and things like that. But, but how, do you, how, do you, how could a student who's never done anything like this before, how do they start? You know, I think the first thing, and it, this is like a really difficult thing to do, I struggle with it, but it's unitasking, okay? Because what do you mean by unitasking? So, but by unitasking, I mean, we live in a culture where we feel like we should be doing 50 things at once. And with annotating, you're doing two things, you're reading and you're writing. Um, so make your environment conducive to reading. Um, what I personally have to do is take my phone and put it within maybe sight, but turned over and a little less accessible and just make my environment such that like I have to sit down and read. I actually admitted this to my students today. Um, I love to read. I'm an English teacher, but my attention span has become super short yeah. and I'm not sure why. It might just because of like the digital world that we live in, but it's something that I as an adult have to become really attentive to. Um, and I think everybody does. And so, I think that it's actually more efficient if we focus in. And um, so I think you first have to create that environment mm -hmm. like for reading. And really, reading is not going to happen. You actually have to set aside the time. Yeah. Um, and annotating is a certain kind of you know, reading where you really have to intensely develop that relationship with your book. Yeah, that's a great way to maybe, maybe, maybe put that into perspective for a newcomer to it. Ms. Wansola, a similar strategy? I'm of the old school, and actually, when I read a book, I don't eat and I don't sleep. I will really. Go <laughs> That's how I play that. video games. I, absolutely, it's like I'm into this book and I can't put it down. Okay. Not all books, but right. most of them. And I did that with a couple summer books. And mm -hmm. three in the morning, my husband woke up and said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm reading." <laughs> my wife does that. Yeah. But it's it's a matter of I'm on track, I, and I'm. I want to keep, it's like a movie, you yeah. don't want to go out and buy popcorn in the middle of the movie right, or something right. of that sort. And I will not read some of those books unless I know that I have a 24 to 30 hour span and I'm not going to do anything else. I'm so you're ordering takeout while you're reading? Okay. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's right. Somebody else is Someone ordering takeout for you. Okay. Or, or making peanut butter and jelly. But I, you know. I got it. Basically, it's I need that time, and I need to get. And once I'm in with those characters, it's it's part of my world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I find that way I could really be consistent. Now I know that's not realistic for most students. No, I understand that. But I think I think what you're saying is you know the idea that some students can't treat it in an episodic fashion presents a real challenge because look, it's the end of the school year where summer reading tests are coming up next week. You might have two, three hundred, four hundred, seven hundred pages to read over the next week or so. That feels like a marathon instead mm -hmm. of like a, a bite-sized uh, chunk. It yeah. may be this Labor Day weekend. A marathon <laughs> yeah, they don't call it Labor Day for nothing, guys. You got work to do. Um, I think I think that's that, that's that's a fair point. I'm I guess my my tip would be um, at the end of a chapter or as you're reading the chapter, like pick fights with these characters. Um, say say things about them that only you'll read and understand for yourself. Like. 
wow, this guy sounds like he's a real crank, or this person sounds like they have a chip on their shoulder. And then as you're reading it, challenge yourself to see the character from another perspective. And if they can't evolve in your eyes, then the author's probably doing that on purpose. There's, there's something going on there. Um, I know we always talk about tone versus mood, right? Author's mm-hmm. tone and what mood we're in. Students will often confuse it. What mood is this? Well, I'm bored, so it must have been a boring tone. We have to think that the authors are smart enough, and we're forcing people to read books, and they've been, over time, built into this, this, this list of books we always look at. There must be a reason for them. So challenge yourself to think differently. Challenge yourself to, to fight with these characters, to fight with the ideas that are being present, presented to you. And if you don't understand it, write that in there, um, because it gives you the first day into class, hey, I, I don't know what's going on with this character. I don't like this guy. He bothers me. Because that's really your, your first your first, your first first place to you know start those conversations, I guess. Yeah, relevance is huge. I was telling my students today, when I read To Kill a Mockingbird in high school, I really felt like a kinship with Scout or Jem because I was closer to their age. Mm-hmm. And now I read it, and I'm Atticus. So I think like even when you do a reread, and that's actually really cool, when you reread and then, as you said before, like do your annotations over. So. so now we've presented with people, students with too much work and they're feeling like they're overwhelmed. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's see if we can do it Twitter <laughs> size. So here's my Twitter size sign off. We have 140 characters um, to sell a student on or a parent on the values of annotation. So about maybe 12 to 15 words. Can we come up with a tweet sized summary of, of, of what annotation looks like? I think back to my eighth grade science teacher, Mrs. McKenna, and she had on her wall, study without pencil is sleep. I think that's great, because if it's in my, my, my brain, it's, if you don't have a pencil in your hand, you're probably not working with that book, and then you're probably falling asleep in that book. So do something to keep yourself active as, as you're reading. That one's mine, so I got to go first. Uh, anyone want to give a shot for their, their sign-off, 12 or 15 words? I just want to say, try something. Try something. And it, it only gets better, but if you can do it through one book, you'll, you'll get better at another book and get better in each book. Try something. And you'll see actually what works for you, and you'll be amazed how much that little bit of effort of writing something in the margins has paid off. If if you do just symbols, fine, but in time it start will with something. Out. Start with something for you, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Swain. You get the last one for the day. My my advice is never lend me a book because if I like it, I'm gonna <laughs> write all over it. So that's why I also don't borrow people's books. Okay, so get your own book. Yeah. Spend the seven bucks. Yeah. And write write all over it. Yes. These, these, these are a great place to start. Ladies, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, f- uh, folks, if you're listening, uh, if you want to tune in or subscribe, uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, you can tweet at me, at me, and DJO, uh, for ideas for new podcasts and feedback on this one. Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Looking forward to a great year. High fives all around. We did it. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>